Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it, except this episode where I'm not doing that. Uh, there's no set schedule, it's just whenever I come up with the episode idea, we do a recording and put it up on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And uh, today is our special episode 450 extravaganza. Wow, 450? Yep. That's we're, so many episodes. Yeah, we're going all the way back. Back to um, 2008, I started there. So we're like into what year? 12, 13, don't even know, whatever this is. We're into year 13, let me put it this okay, way. Okay, okay. Of the podcast. I would have to put my calculation brain on and I I'm not really can't be bothered. Anyway, 450 episodes. Not mm-hmm. all of them have been books. I mean, some of them have been other special episodes, which we'd get to every 50 episodes or so. Yes. Although sometimes we'll do an episode where we wrap some things up. I was just looking back through some of the other special episodes, which haven't been like the 450, or the, the coming every The round 50. numbers. Yeah, the round numbers. Yeah. The, uh, what we're saying last episode. Episode we're talking about the uh, uh, the Roman nu- the big Roman numerals oh, yeah. every L and C um, that we get to and D as well I think we need yeah. is coming up soon. What's um, M again? I forgot M is again. a thousand. We're not going to okay. get there for a while. <laughs> um, but there was also one of them which was like we I, we I read and reviewed every Hugula book, which is every novel True. which had run, won both the Hugo and Nebula award. I should check if there's any recently that have done that which I haven't reviewed, but I think I've got to most of those. Yeah. Um, another one which we did which is how and why we science fiction book review podcast like why we you know like that we recorded that last september or whatever it was oh yes um when we had a guest on to do i mentioned that in a bit as well so yeah, yeah there have been some other special episodes which haven't been you know which have been these general topic or general um kinds of science fictiony things so we asked for some um we asked for some uh, ideas of what we should talk about on this special episode we got a few uh, a, a few suggestions yeah. a few um, what is it? A- a- amy said one uh, did one here i would like to hear your your and juliana's take on classic science fiction by which i mean science fiction more than two or three decades old that was important or might still be worth reading weirdly enough, that i mean she she goes and amy talks more about this kind of thing she says uh um you know how much going on further down the measures how much can be written off as typical of its time before work is written off as too racist misogynistic homophobic etc yeah um so yeah there, there is those issues i think that's a bit much to get into and of course we then we have to define what is classic, classic. science fiction yeah and this is this really came home to me yesterday when i was listening to a podcast and the guys on the podcast were talking about the lord of the rings movie yes and that's and a they classic were like talking, by now. Well, that's the thing. It's 20 years old. It came out in 2001. Oh, no. oh, we are old. And then also The Matrix came out like in 1999, two years before that. So, it, you know, mm. and when you say more than, what is it? Uh, more than two or three decades old. I don't consider the books that were new that came out in the 1990s that I read in the 1990s, like the early, you know, Ian M. Banks culture series, yeah. you know, yeah. early Alistair Reynolds, because when I read them, they were well n- not new authors but you know they'd been writing like they were they, they were, were first contemporaries published. yeah contemporary authors yeah. they were first and so i think that my definition of classic science fiction might be books that i read when i was or books that i could have read when i was first getting into science fiction when i was 13 years old which at that time were 20 years old or 10 or you know a few decades old okay because i don't consider a book that came out 20 years ago classic science fiction for me it's still new science fiction so i think we can answer this a little bit easier what for a person who was born in the 2000s yeah now yeah for them 
a book, book from the 80s and 90s could, could be, be classic a science classic. fiction. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much about that, but just the idea of defining what classic, what could be classic science fiction Okay, that puts something in that you know that's yeah. the kind of thing that puts so, me into the head for us it's still like um classic science fiction is from like yeah. the period between 50s and 70s could be that's what i'm thinking you know for me but again or even or even 1890s we're still in the introduction i don't want to get no, too no, much I, into I, this i get here. it i get it somebody else um somebody else uh gs montague sent me an email i uh, don't know the full name saying i'm surprised you i'm not surprised you didn't like nova and uh, again there's been a bit of pushback someone on twitter got onto this big long twitter thread about saying oh i can't believe you distant you dissed nova by samuel uh r l delaney which word is it Samuel, whoever, Samuel Delaney yeah. says, oh, I can't believe it. You misunderstood it. You think, you know, you dismissed it and stuff. And I was like, no, all of the, what, what I called literary dick swinging, I enjoyed all of that, but it overwhelmed the rest of the novel. That was my main point. That's why yeah. I began the review with it. And people are saying, oh, you really disliked, I'm, I'm not surprised you didn't like Nova. I did like Nova, but it was only a 3.5 star novel yeah. because if there's going to be literary dick swinging in the novels that I read, I want that to be in you know to to help facilitate the story and plot and characters and world building rather yeah. than getting in the way of it okay and half of the books that i've ever given five stars to have been books where the literary dick swinging like someone making the references and playing around with form and doing all the you know postmodern stuff with meta you know talking like talking about science fiction the in the science fiction experimentation yeah experimental yeah. writing that's what i like as long as it's in service to the characters and the story and stuff to like be that. honest when what? we started this podcast Cast and we were yeah. going on it, yeah. it felt very much like you were in a in a rant but then going on during the podcast yeah. i noticed oh it's a passionate rant yeah it's me being passionate and again two, and, the, the few bits of feedback that i got about this it's yeah. like no nova is a good book because you gave it 3.5 stars and that's and actually stars. a good good yeah. rating anyway Uh, G.S. Montague goes on to say, this brings me, oh, he was saying like, you know, coming into expectations. He says, this brings me to an idea for episode 450. Readers often read with a different kind of glasses that strongly affect their opinions of what they read. Yes. A few years ago, there was a science fiction podcast reading Oryx and Crake by Atwood, but one of the principal members refused to read it because he said it wasn't science fiction. On the other side of the affair, a literary book also, uh, a literary book also, Oh. A literary book group also chose the same book, but some readers refused to read it because it was science fiction. Oryx and Craig by Margaret Atwood. Both sides Ooh, were obstinate, I would say. It might be interesting to talk about what bre readers bring in as expectations, right. which I thought was interesting. Um, he also said, uh, as for Delaney, he quit writing science fiction long ago and turned to extreme hardcore gay porn. I tried w reading one of those novels once. It wasn't my thing. Literally too much dick swinging, uh, which I thought was quite fun. Uh, and a big crack congratulations to Juliana on her new job. Anyway, well, thank so, you. but I, I like this also thing of going in with expectations because the Twitter feedback by the guy who went on this long Twitter rant about how yeah. like my expectations about Nova were wrong. He says, yeah. oh, you went in expecting... Um, um, you know, this literary novel playing in science fiction or whatever, like because you'd read all the screeds on Wikipedia. And I was like, no, no, it was the other way around. All the research that people are on all these yeah, things. It was actually yeah. the other way around. I was went in to Nova expecting some proto-cyberpunk 
thing and didn't know that it was, you know, playing off literature about literature, being meta about it. It was a, also a novel about writing a novel and that novel turned out to be this thing. Yeah. It's only afterwards when I looked at the Wikipedia page and started scrolling through it and I'm like, I'm not going to read this Wikipedia page because I'm not interested in about all this... In the, in uh, deeper analysis. Yeah, all this deeper yeah. analysis that yeah. people, like people... And again, these are people who, like this G.S. Montague said... Um, uh, it says I studied literature at university, so that kind of dick swinging doesn't phase me. Again, like, but I'm not interested in reading other people's opinions about this because I'm doing my podcast. Like, you know, I will talk about how I see the influences in this and what's being read into it. Anyway, so all of this comes together, and to talk about expectations and about what you go into a novel expecting, I thought it'd be interesting to go through science fiction subgenres or things that someone will say about a book and what image that what that puts in your head what expectation that puts in your mind which will be discussed in two episodes time because the next episode we're going to do is a book that you've just finished reading yes which will be about this topic which will be also about that topic yes and also the next book that i'm reading which is uh, which i'm just finishing up now called in the quick um I also had an expectation of what I was getting into with that book. Mm-hmm. It turns out Jenny from Reading Envy happened to be reading the book at exactly the same time. And because she reads a novel in every every day, every 18 hours, she's finished <laughs> another novel. She finishes it and then gave, like I saw on Instagram, yes. her little capsule Instagram yeah. review of it. And then that put other expectations into my... So again, we're not going to get into the Steers woman or in the quick on this episode. Let's save that for but future episodes. But it will episodes. come and it will also talk about these topics, yeah. yes. But this is it. So what I've done is I, I went through and I started writing down subgenres or things that people will say about the book that this is going to be blah. Or like, mm-hmm. This is this kind of science fiction. And and then what that puts in your brain, like what other book you think of or what's the exemplar. E- exemplar? Is that the book? Anyway, what is the what is the book which when someone says, like, for example, just off the top of my head, dystopia. So if I say dystopia to you, you immediately think of... 1984 exactly that is that is why i'm using that because it's almost impossible because it's like it's like the foundational dystopian novel like it's yes. when you think of dystopia that's what you think of like you know i, I always think with muse when they do their uh you know they they did that album um uh was it uprising or no, whichever one it is whenever they're they're doing uh whenever they're doing their um things it's the, sort of like they, they have a song called united states of eurasia you know yes. and it's like the anthem to the it's like the eurasian anthem you know yeah. and it's and it's all oh, that's very that's very clever yeah. and uh and what's the other one from that same album um love is our resistance which is a line from 1984 you're like oh right this is this is what we're doing like yes. okay that's the kind of thing so let's go let's go through some of these things oh and then i i looked online and looked up like um what is a, a you know like subgenres like science fiction subgenres and i've also listed some of them which are kind of well known yeah so um, you looked up what the subgenre is and what books then fall in not the, always normally I, i actually went back through the science fiction book review podcast like if you go to sfbrp.com and click on episode list there's a there's a huge long list of all the, the of books. all the 449 and what i did episodes. is first of all i went through the list of subgenres and tried to think of books that i reviewed which could fit in there right and then i went 
and then I scrolled through the entire 450 episode backlog yeah. and looked at some books and were like, is this an example which like is this could a book, fit you know, which yeah. could fit in here as well. Okay. Um so, I, I, I have no I did not read your your notes there. So don't worry about it. Again, I'm, I'm just I don't want go you to because the I, ride with yeah, you here. I actually want you to uh, when I say something, I want you to think if you can think of a book or something that which will which will be an example of that. So yes. um I put Margaret Atwood, Oryx and Crake, for the idea being, is this even science fiction? I think there's no there's no way you can read Oryx and Crake and not consider it science fiction, except you may think it's bad science fiction. I don't think it's bad science fiction. I think it's perfectly fine science fiction. But I understand why people do that, because she's more of a literary author who is like dabbling in science fiction and isn't upholding the standards. I'm doing these scare quotes here, like yeah. the standard way of writing about one of these things. Yes. Because so much of this is based on previous science fiction authors kind of establishing the rules. Yeah. And if you tr if you play around in a in a world or play around in a subgenre and don't fully understand the rules, people go, "Oh, that's not going to And I think that's what Oryx and Crake does. Okay. It it doesn't it doesn't it, it's not rigorous science fiction enough, which brings me on to the, let's just go for the first one, oh, uh, the idea I, being I I have a okay. quick interruption here. Yeah. Do we need at the right at the beginning of this now? Do yeah. we need a quick Definition of what you define as what is science fiction? What does that mean? Sci okay, well, that's what we're kind of talking about. Yes. Okay, science fiction for me is something which falls into one of these subgenres that we're going to talk about now. Right. Like, okay. okay, if you say if it's purely if it's purely magical, we can have it fantasy. If it's a modern day in our world, you could call it urban fantasy yeah. uh, or paranormal romance. If it's about you know uh, you know what do you call them, like werewolves and vampires and yes. things. You know, there's different things you can do. For me, science fiction is we are not in the current world with our current technology. Yes. Something is different technologically okay. or something is different in terms of the rules of the universe. And we're going to use those differences as the foundation for exploring society for exploring the human condition for exploring history for exploring grief for exploring um or any anything that you want to explore right and you use a, a like a new technology being introduced to the modern world or in a different world where there's new technology or in a different world where there's just like you know get that whole speculative fiction as well where you speculate if the rules of the universe were this plus this new technology being introduced into it or this new factor being introduced into this situation yeah how would it play out and that's for me kind of the the basis of science fiction that's why oryx and crake does that it's sort of like oh it's like a post-apocalyptic well, it's kind of a post-apocalyptic in some cases lots of people have died you know and there's some cloning not cloning but like some genetic manipulation there's all kinds of stuff going on there okay which so oryx and crake fits into so many different like uh, yes things because this is what i kind of want to yeah. get wanted to get to is that just because um like this is why I like to work with tagging things and not yeah. putting it in, into categories because one thing can have lots of tags. Oh yes. So that means a book can be uh, science fiction yeah. and uh, romance and cr yeah. cr cr criminal. Yeah. Novel. Let me make it very clear: none of these are buckets or yeah. folders which you yeah folder. Let's think about it this way with email. Like yeah. in on my on my uh, Apple Mail thing, you put things into folders. Yes. Each thing can be in one folder. In Gmail, things have tags or yes. no, they have labels. Labels. Yes. Any email can have as many labels as you want. So yeah. I want to be very clear about this. 
I don't consider genre a thing that, or so even subgenres, a thing that you put works of fiction into. Right. Instead, genres and subgenres are labels that you can apply to science fiction novels exactly. or any novels. It's not like in a library where there's one shelf that it can go onto. Yes. It's not like that at all. It's much more like. You know, Amazon, oh, where like it can reads. be on any, even yeah, on, on Goodreads, good you, you 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 can put it on, you can put different labels yeah. onto the books, which I often, like, I yeah. I do, like lots of books can have different labels, okay. and I can find them under different, uh, different tags. Yeah, now we've got these labels on how we how we're defining things and labels out of the way. Yeah. I want to go through these a little bit quicker. Yes, go for it because because we're already fifteen minutes in. Okay, so the old idea about hard science fiction. Have you ever heard of hard science fiction? Yes, that's kind of when you say, oh right, here are some rules. We're gonna stick with physics we're gonna like it's gonna be we're gonna explain i always think of it like we're explaining the science and then you get the opposite which is soft science fiction oh i've never heard of that okay well soft science fiction is there's kind of two different ways to do it first of all i the way that i always think of soft science fiction is like there's different things technological but we don't need to worry about any explanations we're just going to state okay um, we just say it is state, like that it is, and it then is. this is the basis which to be honest is kind okay. of like almost a, 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 a like the crossover point into fantasy where you're sort of like oh it's it's science this thing is happening why because we just say a word because of crystals and you're like great crystals and you're like is it magic behind these crystals quantum energy and it doesn't matter it's not explained the other way of doing soft science fiction or the other definition of soft science fiction is the soft sciences so like psychology and sociology not like physics and maths mm -hmm. and computer science it's much okay. more of a uh, so I but again I never really feel these are I never use these definitions of hard science fiction like when I'm introducing a, a book I would never say this is a hard science fiction book or this is a soft science fiction book these categories yeah. or these genres or these labels i never use because i don't find them important now it feels kind of like okay we have to put it somewhere yeah there is a, another one which is related to this which i just looked up on which is a, a term which i've heard uh well not heard i've read a few times over the years which is mundane science fiction oh and the I, okay not but not boring but in other words not exotic so okay gonna, nothing Nothing exciting. Well, it's not that nothing exciting, but nothing out nothing out of the bounds of current technological process. And the example which I thought of to put in here is The Martian by Andy Weir. Oh, yeah. Not the movie. Let's think about the book. Yeah. It's all like, what is the current state of science now? Yes. What, what rocket technology is available now? If NASA was doing a mission and had funding or started this mission 10 years ago and set this thing up, where would they be like with our current understanding of and it's then so that then it comes down to like how do you weld when there's not enough yeah. this how do you so grow potatoes problem solving yeah. it's, and it's problem solving so yes. there is mundane I again not a label that I use but Andy Weir was one of the the Martian was one of those uh, examples that came up there for me okay okay so we were talking before last week is uh, uh, actually the episode that I mentioned before that how how and why why and how we SFBRP like yeah. we had a guest on for that episode because he was a uh, one of our um, Patreon supporters yes. or still is one of our Patreon yeah. supporters who uh, and if you give twenty five dollars uh, if you support us at twenty five dollars even for one month we we'll, I'll send you a message saying hey you're at the you pick the topic level you pick a topic for a podcast yes to do a podcast or and, a book oh yeah or a book like or something. and he says it would be interesting to get your feedback about how you how you record the science fiction book view podcast and with the idea that he 
was going to start up his own his own podcast where he reviewed science fiction. He's recorded a few episodes, and I listened to yes. one of them. It's not they're not public yet, but in the future we'll uh, we'll uh, mention it on this on this podcast once Sid has got a few more episodes under his belt. Yes. Um, but he he reviewed this book called I can't remember what it was called. Um, Machinehood. It was called. That was it. Yes. And he gave it he gave it a high rating. I'm probably going to read it in the future and okay. uh, and talk about it on the podcast if I get round to it. It's, it's on my list. Uh, too many books. And um, and he said at the start of his podcast about it, it's a near future um, science fiction story set. 80 years in the future and something went off in the back of my head and I was like near future for me near future can't be in 80 years time okay, and, I was, okay. and that made me think what is a near future um, science fiction novel and I realised that the, the examples that I have here is like Charles Stross um, which was Halting State and I looked up and it was actually it was written or I reviewed it in 2009 so it was written before then I think okay. 2007 yeah. it, it takes place in 2018 so we're already past the oh. time when the book started okay. also Little Brother by Cory Doctorow and even Minding Tomorrow which is a, a story that I wrote and yes. when I was writing it I was I think uh, you know I was talking about how the uh, in, in when I wrote it I was like yeah and when the Olympics come to London in like the, 2012 no, was it no, no the first time I started writing that novel was like in 2004 2003 right. and I actually said oh in 2020 the Olympics oh, yes. are going to be in London and then by the time I so my my idea of what um, of what near future science fiction is, mm-hmm. is is that you've got to read it within five or ten years, otherwise it's too late. Right. If that makes sense, like yes. it's about our current world plus one or two small advances in technology, but not far enough. We're, we're not far enough in the future that the outcome of those technological introductions have shaken themselves out, and it, now everybody just acts as though that technology is normal. Okay, so the way I see it, yeah, for me, um, near future science fiction stuff yeah. is kind of all the things that could happen within my lifetime. Okay, so maybe you do have in 2019. Maybe you could last until the... Um, yeah, but then... Uh, yes, but then that that feels like then I won't be able to read yeah. science fiction anymore. This is how I think I would not be able. Like that would... Okay. I, I would be, what, like almost... No, more than 100 years old. Yeah, of course you would be, but maybe by then you will will survive. Okay, my, my point being though, my when someone says near future, for me that feels like you've got to read the book within 10 years, 10 otherwise years. Okay. it feels too dated. It's an attempt to do near-term extrapolation, near-term right. futurism. So that Wh- means basically, for example, Back to the Future 2, yeah. where they go into the future yeah that's you could that's say that's new like, i yeah. really don't want to ever bring up another movie for the entire time of this thing but it's okay we can use that as an example but that is much more if you said back to the future you wouldn't say oh that near future science fiction exactly. movie well, that was my point you wouldn't you'd say that time travel movie so we're gonna yes. we're gonna get that later on even though okay. it, it can it can have different labels attached uh-huh. you would never say that but if you were talking about minding tomorrow if i gave you that book in 2010 and said this is a near future science fiction book yes you would understand that ah oh, the events in this are spread over the next five ten years you know of course Actually, there's a but wider if you time read this book now yeah that I w- i'm not sure i would want anyone to read minding tomorrow my own novel that i wrote in 2008 because it is super dated <laughs> yes of course but now like if you have okay let me state it different yeah if you have a book yeah. that comes out let's say 
it comes out in 2006. Yeah. Okay. And we read it in 2008. Yeah. And the the science fiction that happens in it is in 2012. Yeah. So when you read it in 2008, yeah. that is near future for yeah. then. Yeah. But if I now read the book, yeah. it was written in 2006 yeah. and pl- takes place in 2012. And if I now read it, it's not near future. No, anymore. it is. It's because it's near. The thing is, this is something that has to be done from the time it was written. Oh, so you're looking what at what I'm saying. I'm okay. not saying when you read it determines if it's near science fiction or ah. not. I'm saying if you leave it too late, the book doesn't make sense because we're like, oh, yeah, but we all have mobile phones now. And you never yes. even mentioned mobile phones in this book, yeah, which was written in 2004 or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. It's not about it doesn't it doesn't not become near, near science future, near future science fiction. I'm saying that a lot of the relevancy will diminish because it doesn't hold up anymore. You're like, oh, that's super dated. It's like, yeah, but in 1993, a book about how the internet was going to change the world, that was really important. Yeah. But again, a book about how the internet was going to change the world in 1993, if you read it now, it's, I, re- I remember reading these books in like even the 97, they're like, and then they sat down and they plugged in the modem and they put the dialy here and you're like, wow, this is yeah. not good. Uh, this is so dated. Yes. Because it, and but, they transport their discs yeah. around. No, Let, but what I'm saying is, is that, the sorry, no, here, no, again, but it's, we the have label. to move on quickly. I in know. Some cases. I don't. Yeah. I don't know your list. Yeah. You never said how okay. many types okay. of things. Okay. One, one thing. No. Let me show. No, let, let me point something out. No, you see? I, no. Let me point this out. You see that? That's how far we've got after twenty-four minutes, and my notes go down to here. Okay. That's okay. how far well, my notes go down. I didn't to. know that. Okay. But but I want to point one more thing. Okay. Go for it. Like the the label of to yeah. put on the book near yeah. science fiction near future science fiction. near future science fiction yeah is. Very temporary. Why? Because, like, as soon as we are out of this range yes, of this, but but that that it's not. You're, near you're just future. going over the same point again. My point is that if somebody says to me, "This is a near science fic, near, near future, future science fiction book," and then says it's set in 2090, where all of this technological change has happened, and everyone is now just living in this new world where everyone knows all the rules, and it's not, and it's not recognizably our world anymore. Mm. For me, I think me, Luke Burridge, personally thinks that is not how I understand near future science fiction. Okay. In the same way, if somebody says far future science fiction, I have things in my brain if someone says far future. For example, um, The Dying Earth, which is of course a genre of books which is so far in the future that the earth, like the sun is going dim and like there's so many many cycles of civilization that have happened on earth and we're just living in the ruins. So the, uh, the example I put down Here's the book of the new sun by Gene Wolfe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's far science fiction. Okay. Another one which is like the future history, which is another kind of label or genre, subgenre. Future history. Yeah. The example okay. I put here is Last and First Men by Olaf Stapleton, and that is sort of saying, oh right, in this in this century, humanity is going to be like this. In this future, and also the time machine weirdly does the same kind of thing, where the, in the time machine he goes keeps going further and further to the future, mm-hmm. where evolution has taken us in different directions where you get the Morlocks yeah. and uh, the Aloy and the Morlocks then you go even further and everyone's like humans are just rabbit kind of creatures you go even further and humans are like jellyfish because we've all devolved you know that yes. kind of that's that's what, when someone says far future uh, instead of like the opposite of near future far future the other word, far future is kind of like a label where humanity is spread throughout the galaxy yes which is you could just say oh that's like um 
that's like a, a you know just space opera and it is there is a space opera but there's that that next step of space opera where the whole galaxy is kind of lived in and the the thing that i put down here is like house of suns by alistair reynolds yeah where humanity is with these people who like clone their brains and send yes, them out yes. it's like every twenty five thousand years they all come back all the the, the house mm. will all come back and they'll share their memories and catch up and then they'll spread out and so the the when i say like far future it's sort of like we're talking on like 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 million year time spans is yeah. where this is set in the future. So this yeah. is a kind of like humans go out and settle other worlds and... Um, no, that's space opera. That's space opera. It ha there has to be layers of like civilizations risen and then fallen and mm -hmm. then risen and then fallen. That's mm -hmm. the kind of level of uh, far future science fiction. Dune could be that because you think, oh, Dune, the earth has been destroyed. There's been the Butlerian Jihad and then that's all calmed down. And then there's been thousands of years go by where this whole new society is set up. You have to, for me, having a far future, there has to be layers of civilization right. below the one that we're talking about now. It can't just be humans. There's Earth and there's the Earth government and then there's this here and this sort of like and we've reached Saturn and we've reached okay. Mars and we've reached these other planets or even other stars. But that, then that all has to collapse and then there has to be like another cycle of story and then that collapse, maybe, you know, a few yeah. different cycles. And that's where I always think of as far future. There has to be these layers of collapsing in between. So it's kind of like humanity is kind of a precursor to itself. Yeah, yeah. The pre the, the precursor technology that we come across is yeah. previous human precursor technology. Yes. Again, um, there's another one, though, that is kind of far future, which is my label of the little label I've put here, which is like, we don't know our own history. That mm. we, There's been these layers of destruction that the humanity that is telling the story mm. doesn't realize that, oh, you mean we didn't evolve here on this random planet? No, yeah. we're from Earth. You know, there's yeah. that kind of thing where we, you don't, you're like cut off. Yes. Maybe you're cut off from the rest of humanity an example i have here is uh, another alistair reynolds book terminal world which is set on mars mm -hmm. and you kind of pick up oh it's set on mars but the people who are living on mars don't realize like there's, that this th is not where where they where they come where from humanity comes from and also it mentions like in the book they're referencing oh yeah this is a monument this is the story of the found the thing and it's and they're like oh that's the spirit and opportunity and it's talking about spirit and opportunity mm. the rovers that come down yes. but doesn't say oh these are from this other planet over right. here you know like I say layers of technology and layers of civilization which have since collapsed and the yeah. people living in the ruins don't know their own history right another far future one which is like the alternate far future um, mm. the example I have here is that Ian M. Banks against a dark background which again has this layers and layers and layers of civilizations and things but that's actually not it's everything feels like earth but actually it's kind of like this alternate history earth which is on a it's earth or a planet orbiting a sun not in a galaxy so they've had enough time that in if they lived in a galaxy they'd have been able to spread throughout the entire all of the stars right but they're actually their planet is in the intergalactic void right. void between inter so there's no matter what happens everything has to have happened on that one planet or in the solar system yeah and they're just waiting for the sun to, to to burn out and die out okay and again that layers and layers of history the precursor technology there is all oh yeah that was on this planet here you know and they <laughs> yeah. go go between the different planets and find precursor precursor technology i think anytime there's pre precursor precursor technology which is human precursor mm -hmm. technology you can say this is far future because right. you've got those layers of of civilization rise and fall okay all right 
middle future. Is there middle future science fiction? Oh my god, this is really deep. Like, no surprise that this list is so long. If you go this deep into hey, the, I, I don't I, think I didn't I've know. never heard the term middle middle, middle future. I've middle never heard future? it because I do think most science fiction is in this middle middle ground. Yeah, it's not near future science fiction, and it's not far future science fiction. Yeah, it's middle future. Oh, sorry. However, check this out. Yeah. When looking at this, because I wanted to see examples of, of far future and near future yeah. science fiction. Yeah. And uh, so th- there's this thing, bestsci-fi-books.com, 29 best near future science fictions. Mm. And you go down there, Ready Player One. Yeah, I get it. You know, yeah. that's yeah, uh, makes you know, sense. Snow Crash. When it was written, yes, it's kind of like, I would say it's more cyberpunk, that, but it is like near future cyberpunk. Yes. Um, there's others here as well. Little Brother, that's one. Like, World War Z. Again, I would consider that like a zombie science fiction rather than near future, but it is that new, near future. The Martian, um, that Handmaid's Tale, Wind Up Girl here as well. And there's like, well, let's check out what that same book site says is best far future, 25 best far future science fictions. And the, exactly what we have here, The Quantum Thief. Yes. The Time Machine, The Wind-Up Girl. And where's that? wait a second, that's over here as well. So the number two uh, on the best near future is also Wind-Up Girl is here as well. And this is why I obviously have a... I think the terms near future science fiction and far future science fiction it's very difficult and that's why I've always had this extreme view of it. Like yes. most science fiction isn't either. Most science fiction is either near future normal science fiction or you have that like cycles of civilization later far future and for some reason the wind-up girl on this same website the best science fiction books.com best site best hyphen sci hyphen books.com it's the wind-up girl is in both the best near future and the best far future lists okay well you've read this book no yes i've read this book how can that be because the people who are using these terms just don't know what they're talking about. Again, most of the time, like I say, most of these things, like Little Brother, near science fiction. Yeah, I got but it. is that is that then a time trial book? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the it's only just way I can explain it. Two different people have two different understandings of what near science fiction means and what's near far science fiction okay. means. Well, and the person who wrote one of these lists considers that near science fiction. And the other person who wrote the other article thinks it's far science fiction. Again, okay. all of these, are, I'm always talking about how what I think, yes. what my expectations are. Right. So if anybody said the wind-up girl, I, would, I wouldn't call it near science fiction or far science fiction. For me, it's just science fiction. I would have another label that yeah. I would give to it yeah. to set expectations yes. about that book. And that's okay. what we're talking about here. All right, let's let's scroll down to the next section. Dystopia. We've already said it. Nineteen eighty-four. Yes. So if someone says dystopian, you're like, yeah, oppressive government, corporate control of everything, and often the story is then about the the resistance overcoming, overcoming yeah. that yeah. or living under it or overcoming it. Yeah. Um. So I've made this title called Apocalyptic, which isn't just post-apocalyptic because I think there's a, a form of a novel which is like uh, apocalyptic. In other words, the the world is ending now. Mm-hmm. Let's give me one. The end of the world. What's happening at the end of the world? Like, isn't that like um, wool or... Nope. nope. Wool is or, a different, very different. Or maybe oh, um, that, that um, Jeff Vandermeer that, that also got being made into a Netflix... Oh, Annihilation. Um, yeah. No, I would, that's because that's there is no. ecological disaster happening. Yeah. Well, that can come in another one of these apocalyptic. But when I'm talking apocalyptic, I'm often talking... Uh, I'm thinking like the day of the Triffids. In other words, uh, okay. plants like a big, take over. Like a big event... And then the immediate aftermath of how people are doing it. The Stand by Stephen King. Mm. Um, Lucifer's Hammer by Larry Niven and Jerry Pornell, which is a comet strike. Like, oh, look, something's going to hit the earth. Boom. 
living in the, the thing aftermath. is, I don't think I have read enough of these it's okay. books to put them in place. Okay, post-apocalypse though is you got different oh, yes, different post-apocalyptic. ideas. So the the you got like um, uh, the Earth abides and I am legend by Richard Matheson. These, right. These are post-apocalyptic books. I also put one here as Zed for Zachariah, which is a book that I read when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and that's also post-apocalyptic and that's post-nuclear apocalypse. And there's just right. one little valley which is still you know the the atmosphere there some inversion layer or something with the so the so air they're stays prote- they're, they're, they're kind of protected and okay. the animals that live in there and the rest of the world or the rest of America is wiped out right but one farmhouse and one family li- still is alive uh, okay there. it's a diary it's written as a diary from this teenage girl who's the last survivor okay also these books are very clear that they there's this form of, which is the last man or the last human yes Zed for Zachariah is a is a is a teenage girl these other ones um you know, it's it's Earth abides. It's sort of like you're the one survivor. Yes. Do what you can. You're like, oh, I need to get books. I need to get fresh water. I need to get electricity. I need to fend off the zombies. You know that yes. kind of thing. Yeah. So if I was if I was to say something is post-apocalyptic, last man on Earth or last woman on Earth book, your expectations would be you know set for this kind of thing yes there's also um, zombies and you know just general like disease you know that kind of thing like the earth is dying that's the stand is you know there's this uh um uh, something comes out of a lab big pandemic epidemic the world collapses because of that 99 hmm. percent uh, of the people in the world die and then loads more people die just because, in the aftermath you know, in the aftermath yes um there's also a kind that of, I, I think of as called like the mid slow apocalypse so the world is ending but not with a with the boom where like everyone catches a disease and dies within a few weeks or months mm-hmm. but it's more like a very slow drawn out decline one that came to me about this was uh, the children of men by uh, oh, yes. pd james where yeah. like oh no babies are being born anymore and yeah. you're like oh this is slowly everything is slowly yeah. crumbling away yeah. there's a bit of that with um, peter watts series rifters where um it's sort of like everything is crumbling and people go down to the bottom of the ocean to live in fact that's kind of very dystopian and almost post-apocalyptic but it's about the it's society collapsing in ecology collapsing that's what it's about it's so it's both post-apocalyptic apocalyptic and dystopian all at the same time right i'm now trying to think of um if a a book could be a post or apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic and this kind of them without being science fiction no i think by almost by definition if you are speculating an introduction of a new disease and society collapsing, that is all. Re- that's by almost by definition, that's science fiction. Okay. If for me, again, okay. like I don't think I've ever heard of anything which is post-apocalyptic, which which I wouldn't file or wouldn't apply the label science fiction to. Okay. And some people get annoyed when there's something post-apocalyptic. I think like The Road by Cormac McCarthy. I've not read it. I've not seen the movie. I don't know anything about it. But people say it's really grim, but there's nothing science fictional about it except we're in a post-apocalypse. Okay. I think. But even I think that is enough. It, it just that hook that if you say something is post-apocalyptic, that's kind of enough to be to be within the science fiction you know it's it's very much it's like a venn diagram kind of thing yeah the venn diagram is 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 the very slight slither of post-apocalypse which isn't like also in science fiction again the fantasy uh, fantasy elements can come into these as well right Uh, but let's not 
let's not say that if something has any amount of magic in it, it's it shouldn't be reviewed on the science fiction book review podcast. I'm okay with I'm okay with science fiction. There's a bit of fantasy magic stuff, religion stuff going on in the stand, mm. but that is very very much science fiction because so much of it is about and now we've got to rebuild society and how mm-hmm. do we get running water going again yeah. and what do we do with laws? You know that sociology society kind of stuff is is perfectly good science fiction for me. Um, okay. Let's go on to cyberpunk adjacent. Of course, you got cyberpunk, which are all the stuff that comes with that body modification, like virtual reality, computer mm. programming, mm-hmm. hacking, mm-hmm. Um, the dystopian anti-corporate or corporation and anti-corporate kind of stuff going on there yeah. as well. All of that kind of stuff. Um, there is there are some books though which have elements of this. So if I say, oh, this is a book about virtual reality, what kind of thing? What kind of do you have any stories which come into you which are about VR, virtual reality? Well, I would have said Ready Player One. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that is it. It's, okay. It is, there is some dystopia in there, but it's kind of light dystopia mm. in a way. Mm. Um, the mean, movie is very like, we, we're all living in the thing, and it's, uh, yeah. um, which, is, which is fine. I've got no problem with that. But yes, it's about going into virtual reality, going into these... Plugging uh, in. Yeah, plugging in. Well, if yes. you plug in, yeah. um, that's there as well. Also, um, um, how much of body modification? Because in other science fiction, you do have like, a, often you have a section of people yeah. who do lots of, I've got a whole the net we're gonna go we're gonna transition into that. I've got this whole section here called Change the Human. Right. Which we'll go into. Okay. I'm saying that cyberpunk adjacent means these things like hacking, like computer programming, like these and kind of the things. And that's the punkiness of yeah, it. Yeah, there's the, well that's the cyber. Yeah. In other words, well, well, there's the cyber, yeah. but then also there needs to be the punk element, which well, is about the, again, the fighting punk, against corporations. Yeah, and... I think the punk element can be applied to lots of things. You know, like yeah. you get steampunk and yes. or, or biopunk and these other kind of things. But if somebody says to me cyberpunk, I'm expecting a melange of like a, a mix of these things. Right. Like cyberpunk, I would say is a very strong subgenre. But if I said, oh, it's a virtual, it's a book about virtual reality, that wouldn't immediately mean it is cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, it, but it could be, for example, there's this uh, novel, um, Surface Detail, which is one of the culture novels, right, yes. which is about when people die. Uh, they go you, into a virtual hell. Yeah, they go into a virtual yes, hell, which yes. is a different kind of thing again. But some people get into that, you know, they jack into it, you mm. know. So there's this cyberpunkiness where you jack into an alternate world, yeah. but that is no way cyberpunk. Yes. It just happens to have some cyber, cyber stuff into it. Yes. And cyberspace and metaverses, you know, can all, all come with these kind of things tad williams the city of golden shadow mm-hmm. um for me is not cyberpunk at all even though it's got most of what you would most of the elements with cyberpunk the the that's the other land i was just uh, i was just about to say yeah. yeah other land yeah for me there's nothing punkish about it and someone actually sent me a message the other day saying uh on my or mentioned on my review of this saying yeah tad williams hated cyberpunk and then wrote a novel which has everything that would be in the <laughs> cyberpunk novel body modification yes. virtual world jacking in corporations rich people assassins hacking everything yes. is in there yeah. but it isn't there isn't punk there is no, no. punk in it no. and that's why I really it's enjoy that more, series it feels way more um, cyber fantasy yeah yeah which is fine and, but it's all it's 100% science fiction yes and talk about another book which is doing literary dick swinging <laughs> in that one they literally go to world where they're like oh we're in we're in uh, the land of Oz no yeah they go to the Oz they go to they go to ancient Egypt yeah. they, they, they meet up with people from the Iliad. Yes. They, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, all there. Alice in Wonderland. Also, H.G. Uh, Wells, War of the Worlds, you yeah. know, at one point they're there. So if you want literary dick swinging, give it to me in non-punk non, non uh, 
punk cyber worlds and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, um, also biopunk, and you get these other things like clock clock punk, which is what a wind up girl. Someone said because everything, all the whole economy is based on these wind up. You know, like you oh, wind right. things up. They're okay. these batteries, but they're kinetic batteries. So you put energy into them by winding them up, right? And then you leave them going, and they're it's sort of like a free energy battery off. device that they keep tick, ticking, 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 yeah. and re- they release mechanical energy over time yeah. rather than electrical energy over time. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to yeah the. Okay, these ideas that we have now are like more kind of tropes that are in science fiction. But if someone says to me, this book is about humanity changing itself in this way, I immediately know what kind of issues might be up, you know, what kind of genres we're like, not genres, but like what kind of vibe we're having setting in there. So if somebody says to you, this book is about like rejuvenation or immortality technology yes you you immediately have like something in your mind about oh this is about people living a long time yes what is this book where they live in this really big tower in the top where they are like these these the godlike people and yeah oh no I'm so bad with remembering. Maybe again, but you you it immediately puts a story in your mind. Yes, yeah, yes. Like again, uh, like this the, is adjacent to cyberpunk, where the rich people have the, yes, the reju reju yes. technology, and the people down below uh, they're just org- organ farms. You're just yes. farming organs to them. What is that yeah. book? I don't know. I don't know what book you're talking about. Oh, okay, it's, I have it very clearly okay. in my head. Yeah, it's very clear, except no, for the except title. for the title and the, the author and, and the characters and the, everything about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's a book called Misspent Youth by Peter F. Hamilton, and that is the first person getting the rejuve technology mm. which then becomes a big factor in pandora's star judas and chain oh, yes, of course the void trilogy yeah. and all the books that come after that yeah rejuve technology and also he he then just reuses that same thing it's just he states it and puts yeah. it in his universe but misspent youth is about the first person getting uh, that right. thing so it's yeah. the first person who was 70 80 years old and then got was given the character or the the, the body and of yeah. course then it influences hormones and everything, <laughs> everything. about his about he becomes the same age as his own teenage son or becomes oh. younger physically than his teenage son so that kind of thing comes up there as well yes and then you get like changing the humans cyborg so when i say cyborg what are you thinking like mm. <laughs> it's mostly just um, movies and tv shows that come into okay. my head but murderbot um, diaries oh yes okay and also yes. there's one here as well um autonomous by annalee nevitz yes um, which came, which again, we both had, we had s- some strong opinions about that yeah. one as well. The mixing of like, oh, a human, a human brain in a cyborg body. Yeah. Um, that all of those, all of those kind of things. Um, then we've got like the transhumanism and posthumanism, yeah. which is sort of like you're, you're modifying humanity so much that they're like un- almost unrecognizable yeah. as humans. Yeah. One, one great example that I love about this, or one, one example which I think is perfect for this is the the, the City and the Stars by Arthur C. Clarke. And that also comes down to immortality. Humanity has changed itself so much that when you're actually reading it, you're like, oh, yeah, humans. And as you keep reading on, you're like, no, robots. Humans? And yeah. then you're like, wait, is everyone a, is everyone a robot? And you're like, it's difficult to know because everyone's up like, uploading brains, downloading yes. brains, yep. reusing bodies, going yep. in somewhere, coming out 10,000 years later, you know. So all of that kind of stuff I, I really, really enjoy. Yeah. Um, um, what's this other series where they have this um, this robot woman and then oh, 
how can I be so bad with remembering? Uh, it's because the... I went through and, yes, and spent, I spent all... three hours this morning making notes about this guy, or two hours this morning making notes, and you didn't. So don't worry about yes, it. Yes, it's the the series. Um... When you say he, are you talking Arthur C. Clarke? She... Or you just... No, oh. it's um, the series. Um, it's 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 right there. Is it a recent book? It's an old it's book. A, it's a recent book. Okay. It's the series where we we really enjoyed the first book in the series, and yeah, then the second. The oh, the ancillary justice. Yes. Okay. Again, that's that is again this post-human oh. transhuman where like are you a human are you a ship is, is, is your personality human anymore yeah. yeah there's lots of that kind of stuff going yes, on yes, there. Yes. um all of this sort of like uh, ship ship intelligence and stuff that that'll come a bit later but another one clones and copies of each other an obvious example is a we are, uh, legion, it? We, are we are we are legion we are bob also the great north road starts off as this because the the north family does clones, a, clones yes. each other and then there's a clone of a clone and then you're like and oh that, no don't don't give the clones of a clone any jobs or clones mm. of clones of clones those third level clones yes. yeah they're a bit you know stop doing how, how far can you yeah, go into cloning it turns out two two you clones Two levels the of clones. original yeah yeah so uh, not clones of clones and of course but then that's a that's an example of a book great north road which starts off as a book about clones and we're like murder mystery book about, yes. uh, about clones and then f- from there it goes onwards and then we're like oh we're traveling through the stars and then it yeah. becomes like this we're exploring a planet and you know <laughs> yeah. a, a, an incredible voyage across yeah. a planet so that also means that we haven't really said that yet within one book it oh, yeah. could be that you start yeah, yeah, yeah. off with one with one kind of label yeah. and then you go through and yeah yeah it, and peter it, f hamilton it, it that's develops why it. i think that's why i like peter f hamilton because it's he'll start off a series yeah. where you're like oh this is about a first contact novel and then yeah. and then you know and this is salvation i'm just going first contact you know not near future but you know sort of like recognizable in recognizable in the future yeah. also and then there comes dystopia big, in between no it, but yeah and yeah. also but also let me say far future yes. there's in the in the opposite in those in between yeah. things is he's also doing far future yes then he's doing um planetary you know end of the world alien invasion in yeah. that middle book and yeah. then the third book it catches up with the far future and then it's all far future space opera yes you know so yeah, he yeah, gets yeah. he gets like near future far future alien invasion cool technologies and then space opera all yeah. in one series yes. and he's doing that as well in um in this great north road and i think this is also how how people can view different books so yeah. different because they can if in their minds yeah. a book is like they'll very, latch onto something yes yeah. exactly genetic engineering to fit another planet so this is this is uh, the the idea being that oh humanity is good here on earth mm-hmm. we've evolved but now we're going to be in space and so like a book like falling free uh, did you read that one it's by um the vorkosigan saga it's it's oh, in okay. the, it's part of the wider vorkosigan right and everyone's got four hands. No, everyone's got hands on both their arms and on their legs. So they don't have feet at the end. They oh, have. Okay. The, and that's a book about that society. Okay. Also, another one, which is the um, the quantum magician uh, and the quantum gardener. That is, they, they put a team together to do a heist. Right. And so they have one human and they have someone else who is got you know is of all or they've genetically engineered them to be on like pluto like planets yeah. and they can put up with really high um pressure yes. and somebody else is like the quantum magician himself he's got this thing in his brain that he's really good at math it, and can work out all the futures and do all the you know it, they, the they're doing this uh, yeah. to fit in different environments or mm. different planets you can actually you know genetic engineering that's another thing that yeah. you can say um 
extrasensory perception, ESP, as they say. So all of the stuff which goes into telekinesis, right. mind control. Yeah. Um, but there's like, Dune, would you put that in there? Dune, uh, well, we'll get on to Dune in a bit because Dune okay. fits quite a few of these yeah. as well. I wanted but to mention for that... For me, this with ESP is, is The Chrysalids by John Wyndham, which you may or may not have read, but this is yes. kind of long after the apocalypse mm. and most of humanity is wiped out mm-hmm. um, after some big nuclear apocalypse, but a few people survive and it's about, it's not just a setting of post-apocalypse, it's actually about the children and the other people who have these gifts, these like superpowers for, or compared to the people around them. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, this might be a, another category, but in in the prefect, you have the, the pig. Yeah. The the yeah yeah the that's the genetic engineering not to fit not on a to planet fit. to be to, that's to kind of fit a, a race yes. like oh no not fit a race like fit. a societal class weren't they they were uh, they were workers weren't they the pigs they were yeah the pigs uh, did they also monkeys I don't know, I don't uh, know. but anyway this kind of modification also is in this in this other movie other movie in this other book where they had the um, the dolphins. Yeah. In space. Yeah. Let's get onto that because that's, 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 that's another category. Let's get okay, onto that one. Okay. Um, I got this weird where like just weird humans like Perdido Street Station, which is kind of like weird science fiction. But then the body modifications are sort of like, oh, this person's got wings. This person is half gremlin. This person, you know, it's sort of like mo- it's a little bit fantasy adjacent, but mm-hmm. still, I think, science fiction enough to just have people with weird body modifications. Like that humanity is changed in just weird ways. You're like, oh, fairies exist. Why? Oh, because... Now there's a branch of humanity which has pointy ears yeah. or something. Do you remember this one book? Um, I think was it Ian and Banks where yeah, maybe. It, with this this one character and one of the where they on maybe it was Alice Reynolds where and one of the the uh, the planets around it where you have this one planet where there is just all about you know um, people enjoying their lives yeah. all the time and then there's this one guy sits there and he has literally penises everywhere oh yeah penises, yeah. penises. Ian M. Banks puts loads of this stuff in because in a post scarcity society yes. yeah of course you've got the person who I think it's the same same book the um, Hydrogen Sonata yeah. she has four arms to be able to play the special this, harp uh, yes. perfectly yeah, as well yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Advanced Intelligence for me the classic is is Flowers for Algernon by yeah. Daniel Keyes where somebody uh, is given a treatment um, to improve their intelligence. So, uh, like hyper boosting someone's intelligence mm-hmm. is a, is a, a form one uh, a form of this or in in there was a the limitless was the movie as well where someone takes a pill and gets limitless intelligence yes another one is a sex change um science fiction uh, one is uh, when gravity falls by george alec effinger where the character is spends the first half of the book as male and the second half of the book as female like a Great. sex change halfway through yeah same with steel beach by john varley and again the culture novels oh, like because yes. in there they, oh, they, they have uh, quite a few characters who switch between genders yeah um, I think that that's great. I want that to be our future. Um, I put this thing question mark superhero. Now, the superhero is its own genre. I think of like uh, of you know c- c- from the comic books, but there is right. like superhero style powers where one person will be gifted or some get gain some gain some uh, ability which the general population doesn't have, and then they use that to fight for something. Yeah. You know, um, like the first thing that comes to my mind is Captain yeah. Marvel. No, again, we have to stay away from movies and comic okay. books because oh. that isn't... But you just mentioned Marvel, so yes. that's why... I'm, I'm just I'm saying there. because it's another thing. I think comic book and superhero literature yeah. is a set, it, you, it's generally considered to be separate from science fiction. Okay. Now, you could say Guardians
Guardians of the Galaxy, they're superheroes and also it's space opera. Yes, it is. But but when you get down to what is Superman, Superman isn't generally considered to be science fiction literature. It is because it's about someone from another planet coming to Earth and yeah. using the strength. of. But it's, it's generally a side thing. So when I'm thinking about what people get superpowers in science fiction, mm. uh, one that came to me was, was uh, Blackfish City by Sam J. Miller. And it's about people who have these links to um like polar mm. bears and um, oh. orcas and stuff like yes. they, these people have like these links to other things and it gives Isn't that them where they uh, get the like their the animal yeah they have assigned the an- to... animal familiars and things yes. like that okay. that they get to so yeah. I, it felt like the end of that that everybody in that family suddenly got superpowers by the end because they right. all had you know strength of the bear and insight of the wise owl and things like that right. um, but aside from that there's this kind of science fiction thing where something will happen and they'll have one weird thing and this is before and I was like this is really ironic there's this book which is about somebody who is always forgotten and you're like search for Claire North and I was like oh yeah the sudden appearance of hope and that's yeah. about somebody who is is it isn't a superpower even she, though she's not invisible no she's not invisible but she is immediately forgotten by everyone including her mother and everyone which who, is kind of like being yeah. invisible and i can't believe we reviewed that book and didn't bring up another book which is unforgettable by eric james stone which i reviewed and it's about somebody with the same one weird thing not a superpower but someone who was immediately forgotten and again they also meet up with someone who is also immediately forgotten and they're trying to have a relationship between the two of them and maybe that i can't remember which of the two books it's amazing that i don't remember books about being people being forgotten um, we just literally then there's another the kind of thing which is like human modification which is other person in my brain mm. which is a bit like which has happened it's becoming a bit more but there isn't a, like a subgenre of this yep. but it is some that's like a trope that keeps coming up like very much nine fox gambit by yep. yoon ha lee yep. which is like ah we're gonna put the the brain like the thoughts and members and brains of this general into your brain and you're gonna have both of them in your head at the same time yep. same kind of thing happens in wind up girl at some point okay um Again, I'm not quite sure how real that is or if it's psychological, but yeah, there's but there's been quite a few books recently where they're just like, oh, remember the thing that Nine Fox Gambit does where then you have somebody else implanted in your brain? Yeah. What was it? The the um book that we just reviewed it last year i can't remember what it was called a memory of a memory called empire that right. was sort of like yes. you're the ambassador you're gonna have the previous thoughts of the of previous the- ambassador in your brain and you you, you use that as a starting point yeah. of another person in your brain is some things okay we were asking you mentioned before about the animals there is a, a the uh, the change the animal kind of thing yeah uh, what's this term how is this uplift up- is where you get yes. in introduction so um yes. star-tide rising by david brin and he's yeah. got a whole sequence the uplift Uplift, the uplift war yeah and um, the whole uplift but also you got children of time by adrian tchaikovsky um which is about spiders and yeah. they give new in, uh, and octopus and that and whole series or the, the two books in that series so far yeah so yeah like the uplift uh changing animals another species. Oh, but also you got things like um jurassic park which is like a disaster novel but it's got that science fiction genetic engineering bringing back things you know it's, it, there's dinosaurs but it's not time travel but it is science fiction but but these days you just go oh yeah like jurassic park like using dna sequencing from amp from blood cells in amber no was it blood cells amphibious. from oh no, from like from uh, mosquitoes, mosquitoes. They, they get trapped in yeah. amber. you can just say oh yeah like and they do you in jurassic park and you're like oh great with um 
With frogs. Yeah, and mix it with frog DNA. <laughs> so um, there's another science fiction which um, which is called, which I would say I always think of as like in a bottle, world in a bottle, or being something. And and this is what you're saying before about wool. For me, wool it is post-apocalypse. Yeah. It is dystopia. Yeah. But what it comes down to is that everybody lives in a silo right. and they're not allowed out. Yeah. So everything plays out in this small enclosed space. There's, oh, another, there's, there's other there's other forms of this and we'll yeah. get onto some in a second. But Wool is a good one where people live underground and they're not allowed outside. There's actually other science fiction book novels that I've read in the past. I don't even remember them. But one of them was everyone lives in this underground place and there's no way out and every, there's, there's only limited amount of space. So if you carve out a bit of space, that matter you can't throw it out anywhere so you have to move it around and one of the sections when they start breaking out they're like what are these they're like stairs it's like well that's a very inefficient way of using space to be able to get from one level to the other level there's a ramp like wow look at this wasted space here in this ramp and and of course the the uh, the twist at the end is the person who manages to get out of there shows themselves worthy and then they become commander of a spaceship and then they you know they're okay. whatever it's like that so this kind of it's science fiction where people like exist the whole world exists in this little bubble yeah. in this bottle in a like the snow globe kind of science fiction again yeah. i'm not sure what the uh, um uh, pocket universe is something i've seen or, or read before or heard okay. before where you live in this little enclosed space and the rules are different for you inside there yeah uh, of course a lot of these turn out to be um uh, virtual reality spaces but if they don't they're actually physical and real yeah um, so, oh yeah, Updraft by Fran Wilde, which is this place where everyone lives. Is it's it, they're not enclosed, but they, there's like these islands of you know in these clouds, and you have to fly between them. But you can't drop down because if you drop down, then you're lost. You know, you live in this cloudscape. But are you uh, lost? I don't know. Uh, um, <laughs> next up, let's go quick. One, uh, get, quickly go through these ones. Um, computer intelligence, which includes artificial intelligence, uploaded human intelligence. So if I say, oh, it's about uploading human intelligence, it could be the um, the you know the culture novel where people go like you die and then your brain is uploaded into yes. some virtual yes. world. Yeah. Also things like um, uh, Permutation City and Diaspora by Greg Egan. Uh, mm -hmm. Those books he always he always addresses these and that people who live inside the machine time can go faster for them and people who live in meat space they can only think so quick. So yeah. the uploaded you upload your brain somewhere yeah. it can do something very quick and then you can download this those. This is memories also what again. they do in Murderbot. Oh yeah, is that yeah. is that yeah. what they do? Yeah, oh, okay. because I'm not, I'm the murder bots um, can think much faster, much much faster, and also they they are kind of like um, transferred into mm. these b bodies and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Another one, just robots. You know, like yeah. Caves of Steel, iRobot, Isaac yeah. Asimov kind of stuff. It's intelligent, and then you get the intelligent spaceship. So if I say, oh, it's a book with, um, you know, super super intelligent spaceships. Uh, where which don't need which don't need human pilots. You're immediately thinking, you know, um, Ian and Banks, Ian and Banks, the yeah. uh, and, and those and those kind of things. Like the, again, Ian and Banks is is kind of like the the the, the go to example. Because, yeah. But you you also get the same kind of thing with the Neil Asher because oh, yeah. he's just doing like Ian and Banks light or whatever. But um, also even, one of the recent books. Yeah. Where, in, at the end of Salvation, you also get spaceships, yeah. all of this kind of stuff, uploading memories, yeah. and the, you you know the whole they they're running running things quicker and slower and things. So um, yeah, and intelligence is in a machine, which is again uh, uploaded. I put down here the quantum thief, which again is like this like this virtual world where everything is happening, but it's like it's like a world with rules. 
you know, mm-hmm. so it's not like, oh, everyone can live whatever they want and do whatever they want. But you, as you, you realize that it's actually, yeah, these are intelligent agents in uh, intelligent software agents, yeah. conscious software agents in One a virtual those... world. Now I remember the But book. there isn't a real world. It's sort of like, that is the, the whole world is this. It's not like, oh, you can go in and, in and out of the virtual world. Yeah. Yeah, carry on. Velocity weapon. That was the, yeah. the book I was just talking about, where it also is about a spaceship with a conscious conscious oh, yeah. mind and that spaceship is was designed by humans to do something specific did i read that book i think we both read it i have no memory of the book velocity oh. weapon i know i read it now actually think of it i do i remember having read it yeah and i think i remember talking about it yes. i have no memory at all of anything in that book okay i will thing is i don't have particular memories but i have strong um pictures in my head which okay. i pictured when reading reading this book we have got uh, an hour into this podcast yeah we have hardly mentioned spaceships and now normally spaceships are something that you would talk about when you say science fiction immediately people think spaceships, spaceships. we haven't mentioned spaceships no, we've I just know, gone through other things it is like all the previous big episodes we have made yeah. are long long episodes yes, so why well, would this be long. not like remember no, when we talked about all the previous episodes I'm not episodes. complaining about it I'm making a point right. that there is an hour's worth of science fiction subgenres that you can talk about yeah. without necessarily mentioning spaceships until you talk until you get to the artificial intelligences or machine intelligences yeah. non-human intelli- non-human computer intelligences and that's the first time I've met pretty much the first time I've mentioned spaceships so let's get into this into space this is this is my little subheading for these genres one which is uh, the grand tour which I've mentioned a few times again this is the idea of like we're here and we have an adventure on this planet and yeah. then we go to this other planet and yeah. we have it there for example um, have space shoot have spacesuit will travel they start on earth they go to the moon they go from moon they go to Mars they go from Mars they go to <laughs> Pluto. They go from Pluto. They go to Alpha Centauri. They go from Alpha Centauri. They go to the Andromeda. You know, it's that you okay. know each scene or each section or each you know part of the book. You you visit a new you visit a new planet. Okay. And uh, and have a small adventure on a new in a new planet. And um, also you you get a generation ship. This is one which is uh you know we're on our way to another planet. Yeah. We have a society, but we don't have cold sleep. We're not going to sleep on the way there. We are going to live we're gonna, through yeah. the generations. Generation ship. Like yeah. for the example I put here is Aurora by Kim Stanley Robinson. That would be the first that came, Come to comes here. to mind. There's my been head. many of these, but yes, yes. Uh, a generation ship. So we're going, colony world is different from a generation ship. It's because you arrive somewhere and you're setting up a new colony, which yes. doesn't have to be a long way away. Like uh, I put an example here. The moon is a harsh mistress. So we we're in space. We're not on Earth. We're on a different planet. Yep. We're disconnected from society back home, yep. and we're trying to make the world as we want it. Yeah. You know. So uh, then an- the 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 red Mars, blue Mars, that's, green Mars. That's the next one. Oh, that's two things down. Terraforming, which oh, right. is you could say that's a colony world. But it's more about terraforming, and there's quite a few things like we are now bending this planet ah. environmentally to our will. Okay, it's also you could say it's a colony world, it's Mars colony world. Uh, ter- but the thing is, some of these books become such an example that they then become a stand-in for the the genre. Like if <laughs> yes. you say, oh, it's a book like Red Mars, you're like, oh, they go to another planet and they start terraforming. Yes, and they set up a new uh, a new society there with its own government apart from Earth. Yes. yes, you know you can yeah. actually just use some of these like uh, as the stand-in for for what they are representing. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we get to that one, I made another note here, which is the colony world with alien neighbors, and this comes down to like Speaker for the Dead by Orson Scott Card, mm-hmm. The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell, Semiosis by Sue Burke, which is another book which I've read. So people arrive, they're setting up 
a new a new society but also aliens are in the forest next door yeah and how do you get on with it yeah. and they you, you learn about humanity from the aliens and we learn about aliens and yes. we, it's all about looking at these aliens through our own points of views and from our I own i think i would put standpoint. in that one also it is slightly different but it has um yeah. ish, like some of that flavor in it it's yeah. a judas judas unchained i think is where yeah. it happens a lot where they are on this planet and they they do the terraforming and then they encounter these yep. things maybe and, um i think that's it i yeah. think it was even pandora's either pandora Star or Judas Unchained. Okay. Could be. Third book? Could be. Um, and then also you just get space exploration, which I, did, I couldn't really think of it, but there's lots of books which aren't about going and setting up a colony. And they're not quite space opera because space opera, which is, is which we'll get to in a bit, yeah. um, but that I consider sort of like humanity or there's like there's civilization throughout the galaxy, all right, through our wide enough range. We're space opera is sort of, of like, yeah, we're yeah. part of it. We're going from yeah. here to there. And when we mm. get there, there's, there's going to be something at the other end, which mm-hmm. we already know. That's yeah. kind of space opera for me. But there's some books which are just about space exploration. Like, we're going to this other planet what's going to be there yeah um let's go on to this next section which i call alien encounters first of all big dumb object in other words we're just hanging out and suddenly a big dumb object arrives like rama rendezvous yes. rama like marrow which is another book yeah um so something turns up and we're like now let's go into it and explore it okay yes. let's do it um alien artifact MacGuffin, which is different from big dumb object because we're like here's a thing you know there's a there's a uh, was it Richard Morgan fallen angel or something like hey here's a here's a, a bit of alien technology and then you explore that alien technology in space yes and when I say MacGuffin it's sort of like it's it's not almost important what's found at the end it's more about you know working out what it is yeah Salvation actually has that they're like they're on their way to a you know MacGuffin yeah you know at the, and- in that whole first book and as they go there they're telling their story and when they arrive it doesn't really matter they're like oh it's this thing oh right, right. okay and then you can move on yes. so um uh, what about the Emma Newman series? Yeah, that's a bit of it as well. Because they that, go to yeah, that planet and there is that's, something. That's definitely a, a human colony world setting up mm. that, you know, the uh, the Planetfall one mm. is definitely that. And there is a there is a bit of a bit of uh, that going on there. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely some alien. What is this alien artifact MacGuffin going on? Yeah. Um, also, you get f- first contact where there could be a big dumb object, but really it's sort of like, ah, we're encountering aliens for the first time i put down here blind sight by peter watts and also the book i can't remember and i keep asking people okay it's a book this is that <laughs> this is the book which i keep asking people to identify for me please the please yes it's the main character the doctor they're going from earth out towards the orbit of saturn or out into the far reaches of this thing because they spotted a, a, a ship that comes in he is the doctor a medic at one point he does an eva between the two spaceships which are going there to check out somebody he comes back when they arrive at the spaceship they encounter someone there's a form of aliens which are like blankets that look like blankets and in the end they meet the real intelligent alien who's in control of the ship please somebody tell me what this book is don't tell me any book which has alien blankets or where the protagonist is a thing this book is a first contact novel which is one of the clearest examples of first contact novels in my head and I don't remember the author and I don't remember the thing please tell me what that book is I don't know it maybe you've made it up in your head I didn't make it up in my head it's a book that exists and also along with these are the it's they're two alien kind of things which is Solaris by Stanislav Lem yeah. and uh, and Roadside Picnic by Arkady and Boris Stradatsky where you're like aliens exist we don't understand them they don't understand us we're merely nothing to them we're never going to communicate we're never going to communicate which yeah. is good and also you've got Alien Invasion which is like H.G. Wells War of the Worlds yes um, 
and loads of others. And then there's sort of like this kind of slow alien invasion slash they were here all along kind of mm. stories where you're going, are, oh, slowly creeping. They're already here. Yeah. Um, one of the ideas is like um, the Tade Thompson, Rosewater. Did you read Rosewater? Yeah, yeah. And that's about sort of like, oh, life's getting on. What's this thing? Oh, hey, what's this weird thing here? And there's like this growth that slowly comes there. And yeah. it's they're not invading the world. And spores in the, in yeah, the spores air. spores in the world which yeah. are giving people weird abilities and things. Yeah. But it's it's very much, it's it's not, it's, it's alien. Yes. It's kind of an invasion, but it's a very slow invasion. And that's kind of what they get to it as they go through the stories. You're like, we yeah. should really deal with this a bit and better. And there are different kinds of invasions. There are invasions that are not wanted by humans mm. because they are violent and bad. Yeah. But then in this one, I would say, it's like a, a mutual <laughs> yeah. mutual agreement of, okay, now this is here. Yeah. Uh, let's try to just get yeah, along. Yeah. <laughs> kind of giving away the story, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it is that kind of thing. Like, can we get along? Like, what's going to go on here? Um, there's another one. No, I didn't. Uh, no, don't worry about it. Uh, another one, Under the Skin by Ma- Michael Michel Faber. Uh, Michael Faber, maybe I got the name wrong there. Uh, which is aliens are here, but they're kind of like hiding. They wear like wearing skins. the skins of humans oh, and things like that. What a weird. Um, also, bro. The Swarm by, um, which is a German science fiction novel by Frank oh, yes. Schätzing. Frank Schätzing. Which, it, when we're talking about the science fiction book review podcast, that's the novel that I read, which annoyed me so much and I <laughs> wanted to rant about it so much. That kind of inspired the science fiction book review podcast. Yeah. And that is about, oh, there are under the they're in the water they've been mm. underwater all along and yep. then things come out of the water it's a terrible book um <laughs> and then you know, the other ones are alien encounters which doesn't fit under alien encounters because you're not encountering it's not humans encountering aliens mm. it's actually all of the stories from the aliens point of view yeah. one thing that i mentioned here was the crucible of time by john brunner it's sort of like here some aliens they're they have this physiology they have this society and now let's go and humans never come into it it's purely from the aliens point of view all right um Let's move on to military science fiction. So, oh, one second here. Oh. Um, there's this book. Um, there's this book by uh, Ursula K. Ursula K. Le Guin. Yeah. Um, I've read two of the, of her yeah. books, and the, it's the one where there's the, the the good people and the bad. The dispossessed, where there's yes. a moon and yes. they go between the moon. That is and the also planet. just. This is a book about just aliens. Aliens, right? No, I think no? they're humans. Are they? They're, yeah, it's all all of these different things. They're like, oh, okay. uh, they're, they're humans, and you get the left hand so of darkness this... where everyone. Oh, is, that's uh, the one. Oh, the left hand of darkness. Okay, where everyone is is their genetic. I think that's more genetically modified oh, okay. to fit into a future society kind of thing. Like someone has this utopian ideal. Oh, nobody's going to have any gender, or right. everyone's going to be two genders. Right. You know, okay. that is a that is another thing. And that's that's then the question: When is then the cutoff point to it? It's just been uh, genetically engineered, and it's an yeah. evolution. Yeah. When do these people? Become Become the aliens to well, the like, humans. No, I think that's very. I think they're all very. They're still. Uh, uh, I'd say that's definitely still a human modification rather than aliens. Okay. I think aliens have to have evolved on another planet. Okay. Uh, they can be alien-like. They can be non-understandable. They can be like, oh, they're too alien. We can't understand them anymore. But that happens almost every time. There's a singularity, and yeah. humans upload themselves, and they progress a thousand, you know, thousands of years. So that's it. Um, so military science fiction. There's this. There's a form which I'd call recruitment based science fiction uh, military science fiction which we're talking about the forever war ender's game old man's war starship troopers the light brigade where it's about somebody hey you join the army go through training have a battle probably against aliens 
be be something oh we're telling you it's against aliens oh yeah like we're we're saying maybe it's not against (laughs) aliens yeah all that kind of stuff yeah um so that's one which i'd call the recruitment base there's another one which is like the lots of battles one which is like um where it's more about the tactics and the military leaders i'm talking uh, use of weapons nine fox gambit i was just about to say those kind of things where you're like all right we're gonna there's gonna be battles it's about strategy it's about strategy it's more about it's not about you're being recruited at the low level it's more like all right you're in charge of an army go you yes. know those warhammer novels are quite like that as well yeah. although less about that yeah um uh, there's another one which is the horatio hornblower model which is pretty much what somebody wants to t- retell horatio hornblower you know they, who's that uh, uh, uh master and commander the movie so right. it's it ships at sea and it's sort of like a ship's here we've got to point this thing we've got to sail like beside it battlefield so what of. it is is like i want to retell napoleonic wars yeah sea battles as spaceship battles. And okay. the, the classic one is David Webber Hor- Honor Harrington series on Basilisk Station. Mm-hmm. Like, the, Honor Harrington, Horatio Hornblower, we, we, they're going for that double H alliteration, like right there. It's oh, literally, okay. somebody is going to be the captain of a ship. There's also going to be midshipmen. There's all gonna be, also going to be ensigns. There's going to be ship doctors. We're going to create the rules of the universe that means that the ships have to broadside each other. They can only shoot cannons in two dimensions in right. this kind of stuff. That's, that's the, the way the world is written. Okay. There's quite a few of these where it's pretty much, I want to have naval adventures happens to in be in space. space. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of, uh, that kind of, Horatio Hornblower. Then we get space opera. And when I say space opera, I always think of like, this is, it It doesn't always have to be, but space opera for me is like, it's a known universe with mm. like a galactic civilization. Mm-hmm. And as I said, you set off on one place and when you arrive there, you're going to have more of the same or at least known. So, um, you, you know, things like uh, Gridlinked by Neil Asher, um, a culture as well. A lot of yeah, the time, that's the just culture, it's purely the same, like that. Yeah. Um, also, Dune, the Dune series by Frank Herbert, a lot of it takes place on one planet. But generally, there's nothing that happens outside of known civilization in space opera. It's not about exploration. It's about having adventures between these things. Long way to a lo- cold, lonely, angry planet or whatever <laughs> it is. It's it's pure space opera. That's also a grand tour because you're going between yes, places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the idea is you set up from here and when you get to the other end there's you, you might be surprised by what's there but you were at least you thought you knew what to expect yeah. when you get there for some reason like the uh, pandora star judas unchained is yeah. always for me also space opera yeah, because yeah. it does have it's it's taking place in this universe and yeah. it's going from different planets discovering it, it's different weird things. because space opera i always think you need to get between the places by spaceships and judas and change there's it's a the, it's a there's the a, portal. a portal based system yeah. however they actually do when they go over to the pandora states itself yeah they actually have to go there via a spaceship you know yes. they're like oh this thing over there so there's a bit of big dumb object there's a bit of placer exploration yes. there's that, like what's that going on series has a lot of these yeah. labels even on... got the thing which is like the the non non-human well they have the whole history of was it morning cold morning stone mountain what's it called morning light mountain yes um like mountain light morning anyway yeah uh, more Morning, morning, light, mountain. A combination of morning. Well, the big alien yeah. that yeah, named so, itself. 
which becomes the yeah, you know, it, 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 that whole that whole sequence of the book. You're like, ah, now we're going to have a novel length explore, not novel length, but now we're going to have a big section which is just about the evolution of this alien. And yes. when you finish with that, then we can get back onto the alien invasion slash aliens among us slash space opera yeah. slash portal technology. Yeah. Yes. So um, another one is the idea of a, a post a post scarcity society like the culture. Yeah. Post singularity where there's sort of like godlike beings. Yeah. Um, the uh, the the fire upon the deep is that as well. Yes. That's very space opera, even though you have got these zones of thought, which is kind of unique to that. But there are these godlike post singularity powers within the universe. Yes. So anytime that you get that, I, I th- like to think of that as some like post singularity where yeah, there's something which is tipped over. Yeah. So it's indistinguishable from magic, but still very base. We still know that it's very much. It's not magic. Yeah. It's explainable by physical laws we just we just don't understand them as humans because yeah. there's there's a there's like been a singularity like the, the 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 novels uh, with spin yeah those kind of things where right? there's sort where of like, like some magical suddenly thing. the stars disappear if we want to talk about peter hamilton the void trilogy there's that yeah. thing there's that thing in the middle yeah. of the galaxy yeah. where they're like oh that's the you know there's some some post singularity some something which is way bigger than we understand yeah accelerating off um and then you get this uh like brand of this which is sort of like oh and humans not the most important mm. part you know mm-hmm. that often happens where you're like oh humanity we're just like one species in the rest of it that's like long way to a small angry planet the 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 um the uh, galactic football series by scott sigler the rookie and the starter as well it's okay. like oh we have we american football is huge and yeah. like half of the like the running backs of this kind of alien the catchers of this kind of alien the coaches of this kind of alien the frontline and big I, guys of this kind of alien and then yeah. the um it turns out humans are the only things who can throw the ball so all the quarterbacks are humans yeah what what from, comes to mind with this category is um um the the thingy guide to the galaxy the mm. Hitchhiker's Guide Hitchhiker's to the Galaxy. Guide to the very, very, very much. much like okay, humans are uh, yeah. and Earth is not Great important space enough. Opera. Like we just we just build a road through here. Yeah, yeah. Spa- uh, that's space, space opera where humans are the minor minority <laughs> the, the, actors, the, the minor actors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, uh, close to space opera, but kind of all on one planet is the planetary romance which is sort of like Lord Valentine's Castle, where you're like, right, we're on this planet, everything happens on this planet, but we're still going to meet aliens, mm-hmm. we're still going to have battles, and we're still going to go on ships, and we're still going to go around, mm-hmm. but it's kind of, everything is single-planet-based. Right. Um, Princess of Mars, like by Edgar, Edgar Rice Burroughs. We go to Mars, we have adventures, there's airships, there's aliens, there, we're in Barsoom, there's princesses, all this, <laughs> there's laser guns, but it's we're not travelling by spaceships, but it's, it's all the same kind of things that you would get from... Um, from you know, uh, what I was saying before about uh, the, the uh, space opera, space opera yeah. where you're going between places, everywhere, everything is known, like in Lord Valentine's Castle, they're going across, but he's sort of like, I'm here and I need to get back across there. And it's just a long journey, you know, yeah. going on something. They're not discovering anything new, but they're ex- encountering new things as they go along. Yeah. Um, Jack Vance has lots of uh, planetary mo- romance kind of things too. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go down to a few of these catch uh, sections here at the bottom. Uh, time travel. You've got a few things. I'm, I'm going to skip through things, some of these quite quickly because we've talked about time travel. You've got the paradox. Oh, how does this change? you also got yes. the, we, can't, we want to change the past to change the future. You've got the forward only, no coming back, like the accidental time machine or marooned in real time where you're accelerating into the future. You're never going back in time. You're like, oh, what's happening now? Oh, society it's... has changed like this. And then you go back in time and you come back. Oh, we're even further into the future. Yeah. Uh, the forever war has a bit of that kind of stuff, even though it's, there's not a time machine. It's just rel- relativity, like yeah. uh, relativistic 
specific space travel okay. to get them there. Uh, there's the man out of time space uh, time travel thing, which can be forward or backwards. Yeah. Like, oh, suddenly I'm a, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court. Yes. And you're like, or you can go the other way, which is uh, fire in the abyss. Um, can't remember the author's name now, but it's it's someone from like Shakespearean times suddenly coming into the 20th century and being like, oh shit, and it's about how he gets on in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got the time loop, which is like first 15 lives of Harry August, yep. uh, Ken Grimwood's replay. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's also this visitor of the time as a historian or tourist kind of doomsday book. Um, Julian May, The Many Colored Land, although that's slightly different. People are being sent back in time, like exiled, back into the Pleiocene. Right. Um, but it's it's not it's less about affecting change and changing anything. It's like we're we're not going to worry about that. We're just we're just visiting somewhere. Yeah. Um. Too. So. Um. Does the um the um, what's the what's the what's the title the brand new world? No. Brave new. Brave world. new world. No, that's just Where's, dystopia. It's just. <laughs> It's just as dope. No, no. I mean, it, but it's 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 set in a another society. I mean, there's there's like different humans, genetic engineering, mm. drug uh, stuff. There, there's stuff going on there, but I wouldn't say there's nothing time travelly about that. Okay. Or just somebody. No, because that's somebody who is. They don't come back from time. They are. Uh, um, they've come from Mars. Is it Mars or something like that? I just that? don't remember really. I just know that I would just remember that there's someone the who's a savage time... who was brought in, who happens to be very savage and is a newly into. Uh, they're a new stranger in this strange land, um, but they—it's not time travel. Okay. I don't think it's time travel. I think it's just somebody who is a savage who happens to be able to quote Shakespeare, but is a savage. Okay. Um, then we get like alternative history, which isn't time travel, but it's no. sort of like playing—it's playing a bit with time. Uh, Philip K. Dick, the Man in the High Castle. Yeah. Uh, Harry Turtle of World War in the Balance, which is also alien invasion and you know alien encounter kind of stuff. It's like that is in the World War. What would happen if aliens invaded part halfway through World War Two? <laughs> which is a great premise and yes. it's one and a half really good books out of those five books oh, okay. um, but also you get things like uh, The Calculating Stars by Mary uh, Robinette Cowell mm. which is also weirdly slow apocalypse because the, the earth is going to overheat or something okay. in that one but that's kind of background but then you've got this alternate history which is it, what if it was the 1950s and 60s uh, but women were the most qualified ones at being spaceship uh, yes. pilots or whatever and uh, which is good uh, then you also get this thing which I like to call historical historical science fiction which is science fiction not it's not alternate history as such but it's science fictiony kind of stuff in a previous time okay. for example the prestige by christopher priest is set in yeah. like victorian times and you know as with music hall entertainers and yes. magicians yeah and the tesla that you know is yeah. there yeah um, so it's kind of science fictiony there's science fictional elements in it yeah but it isn't it isn't future science fiction but it isn't alternate history it's no. sort of like science fiction stuff was happening in the past but we just don't know about it in the same way that historical fiction fiction is sort of like imagine there was these knights and these castles and there was this battle mm-hmm. and there was this romance story but there's nothing like there's nothing out of the ordinary there as well right. there's other things which are like based in history like the setting is historic yeah but we don't realize uh, like that one is eiffelheim i can't remember the, the author as well and it's just about a, a place in germany and people find these weird statues in this church and they work out, oh, aliens visited back okay. in the day. Yeah. Back in the day, aliens visited. And you're like, oh, and there's like half of the book is set back in the, you know, 13th century during the Black Plague. Yeah. When aliens visited. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. How about Pavan? Pavana is more, of, I would say that's more kind of alternate history because it's about a world where fairies exist at right. some point. Yeah. That's kind of just alternate timeline. It, it is set in the past. It's set in a 
previous year from when it was written. But yeah, it's it's uh, it associated like with it. It feels historic yeah. in a way. It's 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 historic thing. It's yeah. that's more like the science fiction that could have been written if science fiction was written then, yeah. when people also thought fairies might be science fictional or something. Yes. Yeah, and a bit of steampunk going and, on there and too. And then the one that you recently read about the the clock clock um, the clock the clackers. The clackers. Oh yeah, that's another one. That's definitely alternate history. That's like that's like steampunk alternate history, which goes: what if robots were invented? Like, what if magical robots were invented in the seventeenth uh, century? Industrial revolution. Yeah, before the industrial revolution. So the industrial yeah. revolution is based on having access to um, to uh, robots mm-hmm. or these clackers, rather than access to uh, colonialism. You know, yeah. like uh, yeah. uh, you know, working out and slavery. You know, so it's lots of stuff. Yeah, so that can that kind of can go in the same thing. Steampunk can come into this as well. Yeah. A lot of steampunk is this like alternate history where steam steam power like we never invented like electricity doesn't exist, which means we can't have like we can't move on from the industrial revolution from steam power to um, to either electrical power or nuclear power and there's no computers everything is, is sort of like steampunk for me is what if a world exists where electrical energy can't exist yeah where yeah. The, all the energy is ste- steam, steam, steam powered punk. and that's yeah. actually what um alistair reynolds is playing with in terminal world he has these different zones of allowable technology like the higher up the tower you go you can get nanotechnology and then you can no, can't have nanotechnology but you can have mm. electrical stuff and then as you go further down this tower into different areas in this Mars, which has had some weird rift in reality, yeah. um, you get to areas where different kinds of technology can't exist. And that's why at one point you have to have steam-powered airships mm-hmm. and they can cross over between these different zones. They can cross over to a zone where electrical power, but outside of there, steam power is as much as you can get to. Right. He's kind of thinking of a framework where he can have different forms of steampunk and electrical and nanotechnological you know it starts yeah. with an alien falling down from the yeah. top of the tower or yes. from higher up the tower i have just got one one um yep. one book in in my head i think we listened to uh, in a car journey mm-hmm. where it's a uh, this this city on the water where this this woman has this this whale as like the, her yeah that was uh, that was the one where uh, i mentioned it before It was the it, that was it when I mentioned for super superpowers. Oh let right. Me, let me scroll up here as well. Mm. That was called Blackfish City. Yes, that was it. Yes. Yeah, that's that's not steampunk. Mm, okay. Well, the steampunk always. If I if I think of steampunk, I know it's not a book, but what always comes into my head is like Smokers. Smokers. Yeah, the movie where. Don't know Smokers the movie. Isn't that how... No, Waterworld. <laughs> Waterworld. Yeah, okay. Waterworld, but that's post-apocalyptic. Again, Waterworld is, is is its own thing. But yes, that is definitely Mad Max post-apocalyptic. Yes. Like, oh, we've got this technology. We're like, most of it doesn't work, but we can get Let's this jet ski to work. Put it together. Or we can get this, you know, Dodge Charger to work, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay, next up, Parallel Worlds. We've got metaverses like Space Between Worlds, which is a recent book. Yeah. We've also got an alternative Earth, which mm-hmm. is like Anathem by Neil Stil- Stevenson is that, because it's... A world which isn't our world, but then there are some people who it is. It is possible to cross over between our world okay. and an alternative Earth as well. Yeah, and also you just got then the fantasy worlds like Narnia, like oh, go magically you transfer go to another a, thing, a wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, um, that that's typically fantasy, but there are there are versions of that which are more science fiction. You got Vandermeer, which uh, Jeff Vandermeer, which is now Annihilation. We mentioned that before. This is what I'd put in the weird section. Mm. Weird science fiction is it could be alien technology, like mm-hmm. like. 
like the annihilation it's sort of like yeah some alien thing touched down here and we're not quite sure but the the vibe of it is like we don't know what's happening here like weird stuff Something is, gonna is going to happen uh, yeah. i also put down cameron hurley the stars are legion mm-hmm. and, uh, and that kind of thing where you're like oh we're in a spaceship and the humans are the sp- everyone's female but then like you give birth to spaceship parts you know like that kind of <laughs> weird biological like biological weird stuff yeah um then you get fantasy with science fiction precursor te- technology. Right. For example, the Broken Earth trilogy. You know, it's fantasy. It's like magic and stuff. And also you're like, oh, but also spaceships somewhere, maybe. And they go to the moon at the end. And, you know, there's these different, you know, apocalypses. And they go into this place. Oh, this is a control room for going back. You know, it okay. feels it feels technological. <laughs> there's technological aspects to it. Yeah. Also, the lies of Locke Lamora, like, oh, some alien pre- te- precursor technology. Like, it's... It's fantasy. It's purely fantasy. Like, yeah. it's magic and stuff. And then you're like, but does the magic rely on this does it precursor come from technology? Yeah. Uh, you get meta science fiction, which is science fiction about science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, or or it's, it's fiction which works as a referencing science fiction. So I put down here, Among Others by Joel Walton, Joe Walton, uh, which is a, a fantasy story about somebody who reads lots of science fiction like a 14-year-old girl yeah. who gives reviews of sci- other science fiction books or some... Fi- it's terrible. It's just... It's literally someone just saying, I read this book and I have this opinion. And you're like, wow, that's that's how you're doing character. But it like won the Hugo and Nebula Award just because it re- it just mentioned as many other science fiction authors as possible. <laughs> terrible book. Didn't, didn't finish it at all. And then you get this section which is kind of like meta-science fiction, but also, is it even science fiction? Which doesn't mean it's not like, oh, I have a low opinion of this science fiction. I think it's bad science fiction. But on close reading, you realize actually there's nothing science fictional going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the examples that I've put down... Um, is uh, Slaughterhouse-Five, which is a story about somebody with massive post-traumatic stress and is retelling yes. a story. Yeah. Uh, and it's a fantastical story, but it's not fantasy. Yeah. It's somebody telling a story. Uh, and um, The Life of Pi is another yeah, book I that I read as well. Say, and you're like, oh, Pi. this is a great fantasy book. And then by the time you get to it, it's sort of like, oh, no, this person was in the traumatic situation and yeah. they, they've constructed a narrative around themselves. To, to, to stay sane. To stay literally. sane. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and I think Slaughterhouse-Five. And even like, he goes to another planet. It's like, he doesn't go to another planet. He's he's writ- he's telling the story, and uh, he goes backwards in time and gets unstuck in time. It's like no, he's, he's mentally ill, <laughs> and it's, it's a difficult way of doing it. And then on top of this, you got this other one where you're like, oh, this is fantasy. Actually, it's science fiction. Mm-hmm. And the example I put down here is Inversions by Ian M. Banks. Yes, which is you read the book and you're just like, oh, that was a perfectly good fantasy story, and you're like, oh, you realize that this character is actually a culture, like a special circumstances culture uh, contact operative. Yes, and the knife that they had were these things these things in the end of the knife they're actually mm. these like what the are they little... called knife missiles yes. and these different uh, things and you're like oh right so the, uh. uh-huh. but you don't like you need to you need to also be reading it from the other point of view yes. so yes. again a lot of science fiction books don't fit into one of these things that we've talked about now no. many science fiction books fit into lots of have, facets have many facets many yeah. labels and lots of them don't fit into any of these but why you, then you're reading them is because you want a book that will defy expectations yeah however if somebody ever says to me any of these things that we've mentioned here before oh it's a book with this factor i will immediately have another novel in my head which, which you previously read which also yeah. has 
or a style of novel which yeah. I'm like oh it's a, it's a book about terraforming there's no book that you can tell me is about terraforming that I will read without having read Mars in my head yes. you know what I mean and also you say oh it's a cyberpunk novel I'm always going to have you know Neuromancer in my head or Snow Crash in my head these books which are like held up as these classics of of the genre of the subgenre yes and if someone says to me this book is like uh, like this is the book that inspired um, cyberpunk you know this the, 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 the Nova novel that we reviewed last time i go into that expecting it to be more cyberpunkish you know than it was i mean it it, it, what it was was not what i expected and the book that i'm reading right now this uh, uh, in the quick yeah it what i was told it was at the start which is sort of like oh it's like the martian but with a romance or it's like gravity you know it's like a space rescue with a romance that was the wrong thing to tell to me tell for me you. to enjoy this book. Okay. Which is a real pity, which I'll get we'll get onto in a few episodes time. Yeah. Uh, but that's yeah, anyway, I think that's the special episode. Well, let's wrap it up there. Uh, again, I made a note at the end here. Peter of Hamilton, The Great North Road, you know, it starts off with clones and mm. is a is a, a detective novel and by the end of it we're on like almost like planetary romance adventure, you know, going on a special exploration voyage, yes. you know, Alien, disaster novel. Whatever. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's tricky like well not tricky expectations about a book it's it's difficult not to have not to get expectations and that's why many times when someone will say hey this book is really good worth reading and i'll be like oh yeah who is it by this person i'm like great i've read their books before i will i love going into books not even knowing the genre of the book yeah. not even knowing the subgenre yeah. of the book yeah and that happens to me very rarely um because of course, often you'll know what kind of book somebody is is, re- or is recommending, is recommending yeah, yeah. or you know the author. You know, well, I know that this author normally writes this kind of book. Sometimes I'm caught out by it. Alistair Reynolds wrote this book called um, Century Rain, which I started reading, and I was like, "Oh, this is garbage!" And it was only about halfway through that I understood what he was aiming for, and I was like, "I don't care about this." <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was. I gave it like a really low rating because it just didn't just didn't click with me. No. And a lot of that'll happen as well. Like if you read *Misspent Youth* by Peter F. Hamilton, expecting like hit like the previous books that he had written, which is like *Mindstar Rising*, which is sort of like yeah, genetically engineered, modified cyberpunkish police detective who lives in Rutland Water and you know and soul you know goes on action shoot 'em up adventures. Yeah. And then you know the reality dysfunction series where it's space opera and they're going around yeah. and flying around and stuff like that. And then you get *Misspent Youth*, and it's a like this introspective look at fatherhood and. And youth and you know you're just going like, oh that wasn't the like i want a peter hamilton book with spaceships yeah. <laughs> and adventures and space battles and that book was just not that at all yeah i mean i liked misspent youth but i totally understand why he didn't stick with that uh he didn't stick with that uh formula yeah um yeah well sometimes so. people try out stuff yeah and uh so but yes when when you when you get or when you want to recommend a book to somebody um are you just going to say, okay, I would recommend this book. I think you would like it. Uh, this is the title. This is the author. That's yeah, it. I'm saying that. I, well, again, it's, this is less about recommendations. It's more like what you hear about something or what, then what expectations you have. And this is an exploration. Like every book that I've met, every, all of these subgenres or mm. labels that you can put on something, 
Um, it, it always makes me think something. Like, so if someone says near future, I think the wind-up girl. If they say far future, I think the wind-up girl. Although, again, that's me being facetious about this example. Like, yes. When you say something far future, like I use that example at the start, I expect there to be many cycles of civilizations mm-hmm. rising and falling and we're now in the ashes of that. Or we're, we're, we're in the outcome of, of civilizations yeah. and humanity has lost connection with its earth or the earth has been destroyed and we're so far in the future in that way that people forget about what it was like. Like, there's no connection between now and the past. Yes. Like, we might as well be in alien worlds. Like Dune, you know, like the, you know, there's counts and there's dukes and all that kind of stuff. So it feels very familiar in some ways. But also, also like, there was a time when there was a robot uprising. And, and of course, there's actually some novels written about that time which make, which, which by bridging the gap between our current world and the world of Dune, diminish the gap between it. Yes. You're like, no, I don't want to read a whole series of books it's about fine if the Butlerian Jihad. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. want the Butlerian Jihad to be something in the far past, which was in, which is also in our far future. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. I've enjoyed talking through all these kind of things and, uh, and mentioning books that we've reviewed yes. about these things. Again, and also very, very, very important. None of this is about how much I enjoy reading those novels. And it's not about the quality of those novels. So many people think, like Oryx and Crake, they're like, that's bad science fiction, so it isn't science fiction. That is bad fantasy, so it's not fantasy. That is bad time travel, so it's not time... You know... Y- I'm not saying any quality about it. It's more like okay. it's more like qualitative. Like, what are the qualities of these things that I expect when someone says it's a time travel novel with time looping? And I'm like, great. I'm now thinking, you know, of course, I'm thinking Groundhog Day. But on top of Groundhog Day, I'm <laughs> thinking, you know, uh, first 15 lives of Harry August, you know, like someone living the same life over and over again. Yeah. You know, and if I then go into it and that is sort of mentioned at one point, but actually it's a uh, it's a space opera, which is mostly a romance with between two different aliens. I was like, oh, but the time looping part was like this, like one quarter of one chapter. Like that wasn't what I expected from the novel. Mm. The time looping part could be fine, but, you know, give me something give me something better. You know, give me give me like, like to set up expectations Again, if there are too a... many other parts of this book that that like you can't really define the yeah. book by this one and that's quarter of also the book. Tell, tell me this book defies genre or it's playing yeah. in so many different spaces like you know the the one that i keep coming back to which is the seven surrenders or what is it the um the, the book i can't remember the author of the book now ada parmesan or something like that and it's sort of like all oh, right we're gonna have uh sex changes we're gonna have uh this kind of thing oh, with the, the lightning, politics like, yeah too like the lightning that yes. kind of you know when you're just like oh it's a book with just all these ideas into it that's what i have to say when i try and like recommend it to people yeah, yeah. It's, it's about politics well, it's also about post-humanism <laughs> and it's all these other kind of things you know it's all of it yeah it's, it's all of those things yeah so that's it one hour oh it's a it's a chunky episode but these special episodes are special for uh, a reason always uh, we a give people people special. their money's worth yes and actually thank you very much to all our patreon supporters yes you can also support thank these you so podcasts much. Luke, no, patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. Exactly. And, uh, and you can also suggest episodes like this. We tried to include the different feedback that we had. Well, some of the feedback that we had of people recommending uh, f- for 50 episodes. And we'll definitely need uh, some episode ideas for episode 500. I don't think I'm going to do all classic science fiction and defining that. Ooh, but that's um, hard. we'll get to it as well. You can email me. I'm at Luke Burridge. No, I'm Luke at juggler.net. I'm <laughs> at Luke Burridge on Twitter and Instagram. Too many handles. Like no, it's just you know, 
follow me on the social medias or on the socials or whatever yes. they say. We also do read uh, on Goodreads and the uh, SFBRP listener group. Yes, yeah, thanks and, for that as um, well. Yeah, some people have uh, popped some I stuff got, in here I got as well. a, a few recommendations from there for, to read books and the current book is also a recommendation that I got from this yeah. group. And again, you can check out all the books that we've talked about so far on the Science Fiction Book Review podcast. If you just go to sfbrp.com and click on episode lists, you'll get to that list. It's the super full easy. list with uh, lots of links. And thank you and very much to bestsci-fi-books.com for the 25 best far future science fiction books and the 25 best near fu- future science fiction books. I think that's what will hold up the book that I'm going to hold up at the, as it's this. It's going to be The Wind Up Girl by <laughs> Pablo Package Galupi. That's fun. All right. All right. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.